morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening to this. I'm Ronnie Lasig. Welcome back to the second episode of Everybody Sucks at Sports Betting. Uh, our first week didn't go great. Didn't go horrible. Um, I, I need to figure out, I don't, I don't know how to record my bets. I went one, two, and one on the four spread picks I gave on the show. Um, but I also gave Najee Harris under rushing yards. And I told you I was waiting on the Titans to see if it would get to 14 or 14 and a half. And Hard Rock gave me 14 and a half, which was great. So I took that. So, I mean, I'd say I'm two, two, and one on the spread picks and props will just do something completely separate. I guess I'm going to need to start posting my plays on Twitter. So that's what I'll do. Uh, everyone follow ESAS betting on Twitter. Uh, everybody sucks at sports betting on Twitter, ESAS betting. And I'll start posting on there at the, I'll at least post them at the end of, or before the game start, but I'll probably just do a thread throughout the week when I, when I make plays. And then I can also post some more stuff, show you guys more of the public and, uh, the money spreads and that kind of stuff when I post them shows that way you can get some visuals. Um, today I'm just going to recap my picks from last week. And then I'll also talk about Thursday night football game, another, another thriller Thursday night football game and the three Saturday games, which is kind of fun. Those all have, uh, you know, a ton of meaning for the playoffs. So that should be fun. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about my friend's bets and how they suck. So this one's going to be a little contradictory because my roommate, who I would say is admittedly a fish, he just bets almost strictly parlays and on his teams, had a hell of a week doing it. Um, We have this thing called a stake bet that we started last year. It's four of us. So me, him, and two of our buddies, we take our four favorite teams, which are the Eagles, the Bengals, the Bucks, and the Raiders. And we do a 2v2 bet uh, on total wins for the season. So this year, last year was Eagles, Bengals versus Bucks, Raiders. We absolutely mopped them from start to finish. And so they had to pay for a Charlie Stakes at Charlie Steakhouse. So it's pretty great. This year, it's Eagles and Raiders against the Bengals and the Bucks. We picked the highest win total versus lowest and then the two middle ones. And we were smoking them for majority of the year. And then the last two weeks, I think it's either three or four to zero in wins. And all of a sudden we have 15, they have 13. And this is way closer than we like. Um, the Eagles have the Giants, Cardinals and Giants for the last three weeks. So that's nice. But the Raiders just are terrible. And the Bucks and Bengals both are fighting for playoff spots. So we could be in deep shit. Anyways, his... First parlay that he made was just the results he wanted for the stake bet. He bet on the Bucks money line and the Bengals money line. And then he bet on the Cowboys and Vikings money lines because they were going against the Eagles and the Raiders. Naturally, it hit. Uh, he also bet the Vikings separately, the Bengals separately, and the Cowboys separately. And then had a di- completely separate parlay of Broncos, Bills, Vikings that also hit. So he just had a huge week and it was all just being a fish. So maybe this podcast is useless and we should all just be winging random parlays. Now I'm just kidding. Obviously the, um, you know, you could do all the research. You can be on the right side. You can be on the sharp. You can be on the side with the sharps and, uh, in the house and you could still lose. We're just trying to 
return on a profit, which you need to hit 52.8% of bets, I think it is. Um, it's if you're just betting spreads. The the house has a 30% hold on parlays. 30%. They literally make $30 to every 100 that's bet. It's insane. Parlays are very fun. Again, I'm not trying to tell you not to do it, but it's not really sustainable long term. For some reason, my roommate is like I see, he he's admittedly a fish, and yet he's one of the best I've seen at being a fish. He wins more than than most. I'll tell you why. He's he's very very good at it. I don't know how he does it. Maybe his teams are just good, and he's just lucky, or maybe he just knows something. But uh, it, he definitely is better than most. Um, so I'll, I'll keep touching on this stake bet as we go along. Um, and hopefully in the future, I could tell you about how my friends were idiots and, and lost money in ways we shouldn't be doing that instead of telling you, oh, wait. Uh, so, yeah, go go Raiders on, on Thursday night because we kind of need it. So, so into the recap of last week, I know said it didn't. It, I mean, it was it was mixed results. The, the first game I wanted to touch on um, was a Thursday night game. New England at Pittsburgh. Of course, these teams come out just scoring. The over hits easy in the first half. It was like 98% of bets on the under, and they, Zappy just comes out firing. Basically smokes the over by himself. I don't know. Um, I said everybody in the mother was on the under, and like I leaned the over, but it's so ugly. I, I couldn't have done that. Um, the, the Pats had given up 10 points or less in three straight losses. That's Almost impossible to do. How is that even real? Um, Pittsburgh's in in deep shit with with Trubisky. They have just lost two gross games in a row. The Patriots and Cardinals got to be bottom five teams, and uh, it's the NFL. They probably rebound and they probably end up beating the Colts. That's just what happens. But for now, they look like they're in deep shit. Looking on the outside, looking in. Um, I I told you guys I bet Najee Harris rushing yards um, under fifty one and a half, and he had twelve rushes for twenty nine yards. They didn't limit him much. Uh, I'll be honest, they definitely didn't limit him much. I thought the injury could make them lean more towards Warren, but the Pats' run defense is so good, and he didn't even ever come close. I mean, it was a it was barely a sweat. I was just hoping he didn't break one open. Um, even Warren had a, seven rushes for eleven yards. Just a brutal day running the ball. You could see how that offense isn't moving because you, when you have to lean on Trubisky. Um, unfortunately, my 26-1 to 1 Tyquan Thornton first touchdown didn't hit, believe it or not. Uh, he was out there a bunch and had a decent amount of targets, but he was never close to scoring. Um, I just bet it for felt like value since he would be on the field, and I kind of felt like they'd use him as a gadget guy and could use him in the, in the red zone. Um, the next game was the Rams at Baltimore. This was my favorite bet, the the Rams plus seven and a half. The numbers were perfect. Um, all the public was on the Ravens, and all the money was on the Rams. It was the perfect setup. And not to mention, I just I, I love the Rams. I think they're better than everyone thinks they are. Uh, they played great all day. And when Stafford and, and now Kyron Williams healthy in these – Receivers, when everyone's healthy, the offense is pretty good. Um, I like Stafford a lot, and I'm kind of like a, I kind of like root for the Rams because of it. Um, but if the Eagles get the two seed and the Rams somehow get the seven seed, I do not want that at all. So I got to like root against them. That would be worst case scenario in my mind. 
Um, it was a sweat for most of it. The Ravens are just so good, but the Rams had to lead a lot. They had a chance for to win this outright. I honestly thought they were going to. They, the Rams just have a, a above average offense and a sneaky good defense. Kyron Williams has really helped boost them. He's looked so good since returning, and Cup and Nakua are obviously great. Um, I just don't think anyone wants to see them in the playoffs. Um, I think the Ravens are still a top four team in the NFL. I think that's almost indisputable. The defense is so good. Uh, Lamar just does it all. Heard a lot about the Ravens' offense falling off with uh, Mark Andrews hurt. If you saw the stats prior, they're way better with him and not so good without him. But clearly it didn't didn't affect him. I think Lamar went for 300 yards passing. He ran for like 70. Um the thing I will say is the Rams just kept giving up broken plays. Without that, I think they do win uh, outright. Likely just wide open down the left side for a touchdown. OBJ had two bombs, one for a touchdown that were just bad defense. Otherwise, yeah, they they win this game. Um, the Ravens are minus 110 to get the one seed. They have a tough schedule to close out, but the Dolphins is also insanely tough, and it's just like who's going to get there if it's not for those two. So they play Week 17, which will be insanely exciting. So I guess. The Dolphins, if they win that game, it's a it's a different story. But I just think the Ravens are almost a lock for the one seed at this point, and I think the Rams they can win they they can win a couple more games here and get in. They might need to win out. Um, I don't know. They could even have one loss, but if the Rams get in, watch out. I think they could win one playoff game for sure. Yeah, on to the next game. We had the Colts at the Bengals. This was just a shit bet, hand up, so bad. Indianapolis was minus one. I bet them, and this line just moved all the way to plus two and got hammered. The public and the money just started hammering it after I bet it. Before, it looked like the the money was shaded towards the Colts. Not so much after. Um, This definitely was just one where I probably just forced it. I was a Colts. I just like the Colts. I think they're very good, and I thought the Bengals would come back down to earth with Jake Browning at quarterback. Um, they just got trounced from the start to finish. If not for a pick six late in the first half, it would have just been over in the first half. Um, they just did not play well, got horrendous closing line value, and uh, this just was not my best work. I can't believe the Colts couldn't find any success running the ball. I don't, I don't know how you don't against the Bengals with with that offense. That's I don't. Maybe that means the Bengals defense is improving. Or maybe it's just a one-off game and it's a fluke. I'm going to consider it a one-off game and a fluke for now, and we'll see what happens. Back to to the drawing board for Steichen. Oh, and also I realized I called him Frank Reich last week. Definitely, which is disrespectful, but I definitely have an issue with that. Both Eagles offensive coordinators that became Colts head coaches. Obviously, Frank Reich hasn't gone so well since. Steichen, on the other hand, uh, has Minshew-led team with... Not much talent at seven and six should be the coach of the year if they get into the playoffs. You ask me. Um, but yeah, both both these teams are in a fight for their life for the playoffs. The the Bengals play the Vikings, then a bunch of the fringe AFC playoff teams. So they got to win a lot. They're they're currently plus three hundred to make the playoffs, which is actually kind of crazy. But they they got to win at least three of these games uh, coming in which is going to be tough. They might might even need to win four. The Colts, on the other hand, are plus 100 to make the playoffs. They have a decent chance of winning the division. 
they're just one game back of the Jags, who could be in for it with T-Law's ankle injury. Um, and Stroud, it's just a concussion, but I'd imagine he doesn't play this week. We'll see. They, pe- teams have been more aggressive with letting, pe- letting people play with a concussion after just one week. Um, as the season's gone on, as the games matter more. They play the Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, and Texans, and all but the Falcons are at home. So it's a pretty favorable schedule for the Colts. So that's why they're plus 100 compared to plus 300 for the Bengals, even with the same record. And the fact that the Bengals just whooped their ass. Um, The next game that I bet on was the worst game of the year, the worst game in 10 years. I don't know, the worst game I've watched in so long. The Vikings at the Raiders. Uh, kind of an honor just to bet on the worst game in, in years and be on the side where they got shut out. And yet I didn't lose the bet. Um, it was a 3-0 thriller, and it felt like the Raiders never had a chance to score. Um, on the bright side, like I said, p- pushing a bet when you have the team that got shut out is probably a win. All I can really say here is Brian Flores is the man. The Vikings defense is so good. Um, they were atrocious last year and were winning in spite of that. And now they're so good, and he deserves a ton of credit. The Raiders, on the other hand, look doomed. They were playing okay for a lot of the year, but can't imagine them being super competitive. They get the Chargers with Easton Stick this week and kind of have to win that one, and the rest I just don't even see. So I'm I'm praying that they play well for the stake bet. The team is just so dusty um the the vikings are now gonna have to lean on nick mullins to save them and keep them in the playoffs i'm not so sure about the move i kind of think you just ride with dobbs till the end and see what happens but we'll see they have offensive weapons no doubt they have good weapons on offense and um they have an insane defense so they might not need nick mullins to do much just Keep keep the game within striking distance every week. Um, but yeah, I don't have a ton of takeaways on this from this bet because what the fuck was this game? I feel like you bet either side of this game and you're like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? So it makes you really, really contemplate. Uh, we'll just move on to the next one reluctantly because the next one is the Eagles at the Cowboys. Fuck me. I've been saying all year this Eagles team is nowhere near as good as their record and regression was going to hit. But I didn't really expect two straight losses by a million points. On the flip side, you you look at her schedule. I mean, if you looked at her schedule prior to this gauntlet, I I mean, I was saying 10-3 and is like best case scenario. Now, of course, it didn't feel like that because we got the 10-1 and and I was like, oh, we can win one or two of these games. Next two games. But shit, we're still in the in the mix for the one seed. If we can beat the Seahawks, then we have the easy I mean, we have the easiest schedule going in, but if we can beat the Seahawks and we have the Giants, Cardinals, Giants, as I mentioned, and of course we can fuck that up. Kyler's playing better and Tommy Cutlet somehow wins games, so we could we can mess it up, don't get me wrong, but it's still a good chance at the one seed. We're like basically 33% for the one seed, two seed, and five seed. So getting the one seed or the Niners getting the one seed and us winning the division getting the two seed or the Cowboys win the division and we no longer have home field advantage. Uh, As for the plus three and a half, the number showed a good bet. Road dogs in 
divisional games are always a good bet. They cover more. You actually are in the profit um, long term. Since 2003, you're in the profit if you're betting road dogs in divisional games. But they got shit on. This defense is so brutal. Desai doesn't get nearly enough shit for how bad this defense is. Our offensive coordinator, Ryan Johnson, gets all the attention. But we're in trouble, and both they need to both get, I don't know, they need, they need to figure it out. The Cowboys look really good. They've gone just pass heavy, and it's worked. And I, I mentioned it last week. I can't can't believe McCarthy was the one to to do this and to figure it out and not Kellen Moore. It felt like McCarthy was holding Kellen Moore back by making them pound the rock and running Zeke. So I don't know. The Cowboys are clearly top three, four team in the NFC. We'll we'll see what happens. The Eagles will, will try to to figure it out, and I think they will. But I again, I'm I'm terrified of a first round loss to the Rams or something like that. Uh, the good news is if we're the five seed and we get the Bucks, I feel pretty good about that. Even the Falcons, I feel pretty good about that. So we'll see. Next game, we have the Titans at the Dolphins. This was a crazy game to watch because Miami goes up late, 14 late in the game. And I was so ready to come on this podcast and tell you guys how I'm the sharp. I, I'm just the biggest sharp. And I've been telling you how betting road dogs late and getting all this value from it because uh, I got 14 and a half. Um, I, I was just ready to come come brag. Anyways, all that still remains true. Uh, the Titans plus 14 and a half, great bet, still hits easily. But if I would have won by the hook after it was sitting at 13 all week, I would have been pretty ecstatic. Um, but the Titans pull off an insane win. I saw it's the first win in the last like 797 maybe of a team being down 14 with under four minutes or three and a half minutes, whatever the number was. First time in the last 797 that they come back to win. That's pretty tough. Dolphins need to win, and they didn't get it. I'm kind of starting to think the Bills have a chance to win this division. They still have to play each other. They're only two games back. We'll see. The Bills clearly are better than the record, and I could definitely see it. Um, but it really does go to show how much value there is in contrarian betting. I'm not really coming on here to brag. I'm trying to show you exactly what we're looking at. Imagine that game ended and they, they were able to run the ball, get a couple first downs. Game ended at 14. Almost everybody who bet that game would have, or bet on the Titans would have lost. They would have had plus 13, maybe plus 13 and a half. I f- saw it on Hard Rock at plus 14 and a half, which, is an, which leads me to another thing, by the way. There are sharp books and square books. There are books that, they're the ones who make the lines, and they also tailor their everything they offer for the sharp betters. And then there are many more books who are square books. Hard Rock has to be a square book because it's the only book in Florida. So everybody is betting on this, this book. And square books will even shade their lines toward the square plays giving us even more value. So I saw on the offshores that Titans were still 13 and a half in a lot of them. Yet there are 14 and a half on hard rock. That's because everybody's betting the dolphins on the hard rock because it's a bunch of fish. You want to bet the home large favorite. Um, 
that's just something that's it's just another lesson of you want to be line shopping if you can and you want to wait until you can get the best number especially when you're betting on a road dog it's just the perfect perfect storm 14 points though just way too many points in the nfl for me when the underdog isn't a completely terrible team the panthers right now might be the only team worthy of that the patriots can't score for shit but their defense is so good that they can cover 14 points um same goes for the jets um that's really it the cardinals with kyler back aren't that bad before kyler yeah i could see it but like right now the panthers are the only team i see worthy of being a 14 point dog at any time i'm i literally never i don't know if i have ever bet a favorite over like 10 and a half i just don't ever see value i it's the nfl these games are always way too close so anyways i love those big underdogs if if everything lines up for you and the titans just seem like a like a good bet here they're not that terrible will levis isn't great but he's been pretty good and their run defense is so good Uh, yeah they can get torched through the air but I just think that they're good enough all around to keep this within two scores. Next game, we got the Broncos at the Chargers. And I just wanted to touch on this one because I went on my mini rant last one. Why Why were the Chargers three-point favorites? Should I have just bet the Broncos? Should I have just been a fish? Should I have just joined everybody else? I don't know. Obviously, Herbert got hurt. But even before, it didn't seem like they were playing very good. I don't know. This is something I want to keep an eye on. It's a one-game sample here, obviously, but when everyone is betting on the other side of something, when the line just seems so off, why, like Denver's so much better than the Chargers lately. It's insane. And you don't want to overreact, but I'm not overreacting to one, two, or three games. I'm talking about the last eight games. Denver's been so much better in the last eight games, and the Chargers have continued to be mediocre at best. So anyways, that ended up being a, a shit pumping, and I kind of wish I was on the Broncos, but I probably will continue not betting that when everybody's on one side. We'll see. We're going to keep monitoring it, though, and I'll, I'll uh, touch on it in this pod. So we'll get into those. That's the end of the recap. So we'll we'll get into this week. Like I said, I'm just going to do the Thursday night game and the Saturday games, and then I think I'll do another podcast on Friday talking about Sunday and Monday. Um, the first game I already touched on it is a shitter. It's the Chargers against the Raiders. Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. Seventy-two percent of the bets and seventy-nine percent of the money are on the Raiders. Uh, but it's disgusting, and I have no interest in that. I would say maybe. I'm just not touching this game. Maybe I would kind of sort of lean towards the Chargers. Maybe if we can get plus three and a half, but still, no thank you. Uh, The total is extremely low, and I just think this game's just going to be ugly, and 34 and a half is is the total, by the way. Herbert's out for the year. Keenan Allen's out for the game. There's tons of injuries on both sides. Uh, The Chargers starting corner, Dean Leonard's out. Josh Jacobs is questionable and looks really questionable. They're starting tackles out, and there's just a bunch more questionable across the board. 
neither team can run the ball. Uh, the Raiders are 29th in DVOA, and the Chargers are 25th in DVOA at running the ball. And then you have Easton Stick and Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. How are these teams going to move the ball? I have no idea. I was looking at Eckler under four and a half receptions. Um, I thought that was going to be a really good bet. But it's, 100, it's minus 155 on Hard Rock. That's gross. And secondly, I just kept thinking more and more. Easton Stick at quarterback. No weapons. Feels like a good chance at a lot of dump downs. So I'm actually not going to make that bet. Um, it's, I don't know. I'm going to end up regretting it, but we'll see. I met, I bet an admittedly dumb bet, uh, 34 to one Alex Erickson to score first. He played 66% of the snaps last week with seven targets. Of course it was, he had one catch for nine yards. Not great. I hope that doesn't, uh, decrease his playing time, but now Keenan Allen's out. So Josh Palmer comes in and Keenan Allen's out. But I think that could lead to Alex Erickson playing more slot snaps, which I think would be good with Easton Stick. I think that's, like I said, I'm scared about him dumping the ball to Eckler. Over the middle to tight ends and, and slots, that's a what backup quarterbacks do a lot of the time. So anyways, I bet that. It's a long shot, 34-1. to Put a .1 units on it and, and have a fun little sweat. Um, and then I also bet Josh Palmer's over receptions and yards. Uh, in his last five games, he's had seven, eight, seven, seven, and four targets. Uh, and I think the four targets he got hurt at the end of the game. Now there's no Keenan Allen. He's going to be the first read often. Uh, am I being a fish for betting overs here? Maybe. I just don't think this is adjusted nearly enough. I think he's going to be... I could see him getting 10 targets here if the, the Chargers end up with good passing volume, if they're losing the game and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I bet over three and a half receptions at plus 120, over 34 and a half receiving yards at minus 116. I've also been a little bit of a Josh Palmer fan. I think he's he's good when he's out there. Uh, I think the the Chargers are just missing him and Mike Williams. And now obviously it's going to be Keenan Allen, but it's been brutal for them not having him. Um, and I think it's part of why they're struggling. But anyways, I think the, the expected target volume could be huge here. Six to nine targets is probably in his uh, likeliest range. So that's what I played tonight. Uh, on to the Saturday games. The first one is the Vikings at the Bengals. The Bengals are three-point favorites at home, and here I am betting against them once again. Am I going to be doomed? Probably. I bet the Vikings at plus three and a half. It's three now. It opened at plus four and a half and moved quickly, so the the Sharps were definitely on it, and even at three and three and a half, they're still on it. 65% of the public is now on the the Vikings, which I don't love, but 74% of the money. But here's my biggest reason. The look at the look ahead line was Vikings minus one. Last week, before these games were being played, the Vikings were minus one favorites. You're getting four and a half points of value from the look ahead line. Nick Mullins is starting. I can promise you he's not four and a half points worse than Josh Jobs. Um, do I know 
that's that's only a little bit of it. I don't think that's that's a huge influence. I just think people are loving Jake Browning and just think this guy is amazing. But the Vikings defense is so good. Have I mentioned that? The Vikings defense is so good. The Vikings are fifth DVOA against the run and seventh against the pass. And when you go by yards per attempt for both, it's even better. Meanwhile, the Bengals defense is 27th against the run and 17th against the pass in DVOA. I could easily see this being just a close game, three-point game either way. Um, Both offenses have weapons, obviously. and. I just think the Vikings' defense is better. So we'll see. They just need to establish a run, get the ball to Justin Jefferson, Hawkinson, Addison, maybe score more than three points this week. That'll be good. But I just think against this defense in a nice little bounce-back spot uh, for the offense, I, I like it. I think Vikings plus three-and-a-half is a good bet here, and and the sharp money's at least shaded on it. So I've already placed that bet. Uh, on to the next game is the Steelers at the Colts. And this line's already been moving. The Colts are one-and-a-half-point favorites after opening at two-and-a-half. And it makes sense because 51% of the public bets are on the Steelers and 82% of the money. Sharps love the Steelers. I'm a Colts guy. I think that they're good and undervalued. And I think the Steelers stink. So I'm going to lay off this one most likely. Uh, I can't bet the Steelers. I just can't do it. They're especially with Trubisky. They've just been overperforming every every week until the last two weeks, and now it's just hitting them in, in the face. But of course, now it'll all swing the other way because the NFL is the NFL. Uh, the public isn't being dumb enough for me um, for value. Plus, like I already lost. If I was going to bet on the Steelers, I already lost a full point. So I'm definitely not touching it at one and a half. I'm probably not touching it at two and a half. And it's not going to move past three. So I'm laying off here. Um, and no shock, the all the sharp money is on the under. Um, I don't really get why it's as high as, as it is. It's 42? Like, what are we doing? Why? I know that the Colts score points and give up points. But I don't know. Is that the play? Is the under the play? Oh, gosh, let me dig a little more. Um, 59% of the public, wow, 59% of public bets are on the over and 82% of the money. The Sharps actually like the over here? Weird. Uh, Zach Moss, after two straight bad games, still has a 72.5 rushing prop, which seems insane. I Still can't bet that under, I don't think, because he's on the field for 90-plus percent of snaps and gets absolutely fed, but that is a crazy prop. I just don't know what to do here. I'm I'm just going to lay off. I, I do know what to do. I'm going to lay off. It's Saturday. Uh, I got friends in town and things going on, so I'm just going to watch football, have a couple drinks, and maybe give my friends who are Steelers fans some shit. That's about it. Uh, the last game on Saturday is the Broncos at the Lions. This is a weird one. Uh, it opened at Lions minus four and moved to five and a half really early on. And when it did, I bet Denver at plus five and a half. Uh, I loved that number. Why is Denver five and a half dogs to the Lions? Um, but I guess the 
Sharps hammered Detroit at, at four, and then it got to five and a half, and then they got back. Then they started hammering the Broncos. So it evened back out, and now it's at minus four. the The money and the bets are are currently on the line, sixty and seventy three percent. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't have made this bet on Denver at plus four at all. So I get why they're on the the lines at that number. But still, I don't love it. I, I feel like this should be three or three and a half. The Broncos' run defense is arguably the worst in the league, but it's they gave up like 7,000 yards to the Dolphins, so that's inflated it. But this team is just so different than the beginning of the year. The run defense is still bad, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're the worst in the league. They're bottom 10, but the rest of their defense has been good, and they just continue to get better. The they've they smoked the Chargers last week, uh, narrowly lost to the Texans, beat the Browns, beat the Vikings, beat the Bills, beat the Chiefs, beat the Packers. That's their last seven games. They're 6-1 and in their last seven. They lost to the Texans because they turned the ball over too many times. That's pretty damn good, and they clearly sw- flipped a switch. And the Lions are good. I- I'm not saying that the Lions aren't. But five and a half was too many points. And again, I wish I filmed the po- or recorded the podcast earlier because... I this is now four, and I really don't think it's a bet there. Um, I don't know, but anyways, it's it's definitely tough to run on the Lions. Um, the Broncos are pretty balanced though, and they've been able to sustain drives. Were, have they been getting a little lucky with the turnover luck? Yeah, but in the end, I just think five and a half is too many points. I think these teams are om- pr- closer to even than than this is showing, and. One and a half points of closing line value so far feels pretty good. And uh, I, I like where I stand. That's it's a good way to look at expected value instead of just looking at your results. Um, so that's that's it for the, the games that are before Sunday. Um, and I, I want to talk about one thing. I want to touch on key numbers, essentially, how often games are landing on certain numbers. Because I was talking about it last podcast, and I was saying 8% of games land on three. That's actually not true. It's more than that. Um, what I was talking about was the the value of it. So if you have a three-point, if you bet minus three, your three-point favorite, it, it could land on it, or it will land on it 8% of the time. Uh, so three is obviously the most common margin of victory. 15% of all NFL games finish within or finish with one team winning by three points. So it's clearly the most important key number. We got to make sure you're getting two and a half or three and a half, depending on what you're betting on. Two and a half for the favorites, three and a half for the dogs. It matters so much. 15% is an insane number. Second biggest key number is no shock here. Seven. Since 2003, 9% of games ended with exactly a seven point. Uh, game. This means that it's what fifteen plus nine. It's almost a fourth of games are three or seven. This stuff matters so much, and getting on the right side of those values is so important. Um, since the extra point rule changed, when was that? I don't know, eight, seven, eight years ago. Since that changed, and kickers make only like 94% of uh, extra points. It's changed it a little bit, 
Um, now five points is a much more common um, ending, and four points and six points. I mean, six is, was already the third most common, but those it's evened out a little bit more. But it's still three and seven. Six is huge, 10 is huge, 14 is huge. Those are numbers that matter a ton. But that's just one of the reasons that, that getting good numbers is so important. So I will continue to touch on that. Again, it's why I love the Broncos plus five and a half, an extra point and a half of value through four and five, and then have the hook is extremely, extremely important. So I'm going to record another podcast on Friday morning, I believe, and we'll talk about the rest of the bets for the weekend. Um, but I like this because I wanted to you know, touch on everything from last week, and plus we have uh, a few games I could go over and get this out before Thursday Night Football, even though we don't love anything there. But Josh Palmer is going to get us there, so that's, that's really all that matters. Um, like I said, follow me on, on Twitter, at ESAS Betting. And I'll try to do better about posting on there and posting my picks. And we will we'll see what happens. Um, I'll probably post results and do like spreads and totals versus just like prop bets because I don't really want those all together. Plus, if I'm doing these stupid first touchdown scores, I don't want it to be like two, four, and one because of first touchdown scores. Um, so I'll keep them separate and uh, track them both. But as always, thank you for listening. If you have any feedback or anything, let me know. Also, I realized that uh, my podcast did post on Apple last week. It just took a really long time. Hopefully, it'll be a little quicker this time, and I can just uh, post them both on Twitter when I when I go to post the podcast. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. If you want to, I don't know, what do people say? Subscribe, like, uh, comment. You don't have to do all that, but if you do, whatever. Thanks again. I'll talk to you later. Bye.